Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. We uh, are here on Rish Chodesh Nisan, two weeks before Pesach, and yesterday we had the privilege of finishing Sefer Derech Hashem. So uh, we, two things, uh, the next big project, we're not going to begin until after Pesach, because we only have about a week until we're going to break for our Pesach break. And second of all, this time of year, traditionally anyway, the last few years we've always done something Pesach Dick. Um, the time leading up to Pesach, so this year as well, the time, timing actually could not be better, because yesterday we finished Derech Hashem, so uh, we're going to go still for another week, I think this is usually what we do, one week in Tanisan, and we're going to be learning through uh, some ideas and thoughts that the Maharal has, the Maharal of Prague has an entire Sefer actually, on the whole story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, a whole, an entire work, entire book, it's called Gvuris Hashem, on the whole story of the exodus of going down to Egypt and uh, the suffering in Egypt, leaving Egypt, Machus, and it's um, you know fascinating, very large, safer, very, very big. And uh, I think in the past we've done selections. One year I think we we, we learned about uh, matzah. Maybe that was even last year. We saw what the Maharal had to say about matzah, perhaps. This year we're going to see what the Maharal has to say about the ten plagues, the ten Machus, okay? The ten Machus. And... Um, Specifically, we're going to focus in on one area where the Maral addresses the acronym that we find in the Haggadah. There's a place in the Haggadah where we go through the, the, the Ten Makkas, right? Dumps for day, Kinam, etc. And then the Haggadah tells us, Rebihuda, how you know you the Rebihuda the gave a mnemonic, an acronym, um, an abbreviation for the, the Makkas, Tetzach Hadash Ba'achav. That was, he just took the, the it's the Rashi Tevis, he took the first letter of each of the ten makas and he made it into an acronym, that's the Tzach Hadash Bachav, and it becomes a self-contained statement, the paragraph in the Haggadah. The question is, everyone wants to know, what's the significance of that? Why did he do that? What's the point of doing that? Why do I hear that in the Haggadah? Why does it have to be part of the recounting and the retelling of the story of the Exodus? So we're going to see what the Maral has to say about that. It's a very interesting and fascinating thoughts and ideas from the Maral. So this is going to be in Gevuras Hashem. If anyone wants to follow along, it's in the Sefer over here. Um, I'll just open up to the right place in, it, in case anyone wants to follow along. Perik Nun Zayin, for those of you out there in Zoom space and WhatsApp land. Perik Nun Zayin and Gavurus Hashem, in the standard, in the in the old uh, version of Gavurus Hashem, the standard print, it's page Resh Nun Aleph. Perik Chamishim Veshiva, the 57th Perik. Then here we go. Elohim Eser Makas, the Haggadah tells us these are the ten Makas that Hashem brought on Mitzrayim. Zog the Maral. Im Hayinu Bayim Levar Kolinin Amakas Masha Efshel Daber Miza. If we wanted to get into the Makas and explain, discuss what's going on, the ins and outs of all the ten Makas. Hayu Aruch Hasipra Ma'od Ma'od. Listen to what the Maral says. We would need quite a lot of time for that. That would take quite a lot of time to do a proper treatment and a proper discussion and development of the ten Makas. It would be quite lengthy and quite long. Now, this is from the Maral, who is not the most abbreviated commentary. The Maral's comments usually do already go, you know, to, to great lengths when the Maral discusses and explains things. And the Maral, the Maral, the Maharal himself, again, who is not known for speaking in a very, very brief manner, is telling us that to discuss all Tetmachus, would go on and on and on. That would be an arichas gold. That would take quite a lot of room and space and time. So Maral says, I'm not here going to go through all ten makas. If you find earlier in the Sefer, um, my discussions of Parshas Bo'eru and Parshas Bo'eru, 
that's that is much earlier in Gvuras Hashem. Um, I I did give time and 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 focus to the Makas Vain Lamalo, the Bira Parish Vain Lahirich Heina. This is not the right time to get back into the Makas specifically. Kisham Ha'arachnu Gam Kemoid. I already went to length earlier in the Sefer. But what am, what am I going to talk about? Says the Maral Eilu Makas Nosan Rabbi Yehuda Ben Simon of the Sachadash Ba'achav. The Makas specifically here where Rabbi Yehuda gives them an acronym. Rabbi Yehuda gives them this. This uh, abbreviation, Tetzach Adash Ba'achat, that's Dom Tzvarei Akinim, Arav Dever Shechin Barad Arbe Choshech Makas Bechairus. Says the Marav Yeshledaktik, there's room to ask the following question. Machidish Rabbi Yehuda Bissimen Azeb, Umat Tzarech Bissimen Azeb. What was Rabbi Yehuda coming to innovate? What was he coming to introduce? What was he coming to point out? What's the significance that we could also do this? You know, anyone can just take, you take a second grader and ask him to take the first letter of each of the Makas. What what was the point of him doing that? What's the significance of making this acronym, and 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 what what's the you know what's the greater lesson over here? Detzach adash b'achav, three groups of acronyms over here. What does he want? So it says the Maral, it's, it's really the threesome that the Maral is going to get very interested in, because it's not just that he gave an acronym, as Stan sees there. It's it's three really he reduces the makas into three words. Each of those words. Is a, is is an acronym word. Tzach that's dam tzadarekinim. He puts the three marks together. Adash or of Debershin is the second word from the abbreviation, and ba'achav is the final four. Bard arbe chayshich makas bechayrus. So that's what the Maharal is going to take note of. Let's see. Uvadai kasher ra ribiuda be'ilo makas dover mesuder nazan lasader shalahem seder roi. Right off the bat, from the get go, it's clear that ribiuda is grouping them together. Ribiuda sees some kind of structure. In the Makkas. He sees some kind of cycling, some kind of pattern. Rebuda sees a pattern going through the ten Makkas, and that's really what he's trying to do first and foremost by arranging them in abbreviated form, acronyms into three chunks. He is arranging them according to some kind of structure, some kind of pattern. He sees a pattern going on through the ten Makkas. Yes. So I had this question a long time ago, and I'm glad I remembered now. He used the first letter of everyone except for the last one. He used a base instead of Why? Well, it's really the question's more on us, not on him. He's okay. really used doing. He he he's the one that's more accurate. We're inaccurate. Okay. You're saying it should be mem because we call it makas bechayrus. Correct. Maka just means the plague of. You could put, say that by all them. Makas dam, makas kinim, makas shchin, makas borod, makas makas svardeya. So the maral is really more right. We're really more wrong. We call it makas bechayrus, but maka. But that's the only one it, we call maka. I know, but the, the question's on us, not on the maral. Why, why are we doing that? But okay. the Maka, the name of the Maka is really Bechiris. Right. right. So the Maral is really more accurate than we are over here. But it's, it's, it, the question is coming from the fact that we take it for granted, the name of the last Maka is Makas Bechiris, because that's how we always call it, um, to the degree that, yes, yeah, Dan says, wait, the Maral made a mistake. It's not Bez, it's a Mem, because Makas Bechiris, the Maral, it's really we who are making the mistake, and that, that would be an interesting question to discuss at a different time. Why does the, you know, why is that the standard practice that, we refer to the last Mac as Makas Bechayrus. Um, but um, the Maka really is just a generic prefix that could have been conjoined to any of the Makas. You could say that by all of them. Makas Bechayrus means the plague of. So it could be, again, Makas Dam, Makas Tzvardeya, Makas Kinim, Makas Arum. Okay, but the basis, because that is the actual name of the Mac itself, is Bechayrus. Um, yeah. So, so um, 
there's a pattern. That's what the Maharal is saying. There's a pattern, and that's Rabbi Huda sees a pattern. What is that pattern? If you take a look, says the Maharal, at the parasha, you go through the makas, there is a pattern. There's two makas that come with a warning, and then there's two makas with a warning, and the third maka without a warning. Moshe and Aaron go to Pyro and say, if you don't let the Jews go, all the water is going to turn to blood. Boom. All the water turns to blood. If you don't let the Jews go, frogs are going to swarm everywhere in Egypt. You're going to have an infestation of frogs everywhere. They warn Pyro. He doesn't let them go. Boom. Frogs everywhere. The third maka comes without any warning. Dam with a warning, Tzvardeh with a warning, Kinu, no warning. Then says the Maral, the second group also, we find the same pattern. In the next set of three Makas, Makas Arav Basra, Arav, which is the A of the Adash, that is comes with the forewarning. Makas Dever Basra, Par gets a warning about Dever. Makas Shrin, Bulay Asra. Shrin, again, there's no Asra. So there's A, B, and C. A, B, and C. A and B, there's Asra. C, there's no Asra. A and B, there's Asra. C, there's no Asra. And then we find the same thing with the final set of makas. The final set, the the, the ba'achav, makas barad, which is the seventh makah, basra, makas arba basra, makas choshech b'loy asra, hasra, hasra, no asra, warning, warning, no warning. So says the Maral, there's a pattern, Rabbi Yehud is identifying the pattern. Tetzach, hasra, hasra, no asra, adash, warning, warning, no warning, and ba'achav, warning, warning, no warning. Now, if anyone can be keeping track of the numbers, we have three sets of three, but what about the tenth makkah? Right, Bachav, there's the the, the Rebihuda's groupings is three, three, and four. But there was a warning with the fourth one. Oh, so so I some mean with the last one. So, so let let's see. So, but the Rebihuda still, if the pattern is a pattern of warning, so how does the how does the tenth makkah fit in? Says the Maharal, makkah um, the final makkah shu makkah's bechayrus gam kain bahasra. That comes also with a warning. So in other words, we really do go back to the beginning of the pattern. Warning, warning, no warning, 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 no warning, 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 no warning. The next logical one has to come with the warning now. And yes, Maqas Bukharis comes with the warning. As a result of this, since we see this pattern, there is a pattern, clear pattern. The Maqas are arranged into groups of three. And the first two don't have a warning. The third one from every set doesn't have a warning. That's where Yehuda breaks it down by Russia Hedos. He's not just giving us a, a, a pneumatic, not just giving us a way to memorize the Maqas. He's arranging it according to that pattern. But, says the Maral, that's just really delaying the question. Because now, what's the question that we have to ask? So we understand what the pattern is. But that leads to another question, which is, why? Why, why? is it? Why is it exactly, exactly. Why Why is there such a pattern? Why is it warning, warning, no warning, 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 no warning, 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 no warning, why? But that, so that, that that's the next logical question. Good that Rabbi Huda identifies this pattern and gives the acronyms based on that paradigm. There must be some purpose and some greater reason why the makas are indeed arranged like this. Two with a warning and one without a warning. So that now it just becomes more problematic. The question has now returned with a vengeance. Why indeed did Hashem arrange the makas with that pattern? If you're gonna just say like oh it's you know uh, like a like a penalty a punishment Hashem is saying well twice I gave you heads up twice I warned you if you didn't listen twice the third one time is gonna come with that warning if that's true then the fourth mark also should come with that any warning right 
There's, we would try to suggest, like we would say, Balabatish, a very simple and easy approach. Oh, the, why did the third one come without any warning? Because Hashem is saying, look, I gave you ample warning, so no more warnings. That works, but it breaks down then when you get to the fourth Makkah. Because we repeat, we go back to the beginning of the pattern. If Hashem is saying, I gave you enough chances, I gave you enough warnings, no more warnings, and the, from the fourth, from the third and on, there shouldn't be any more warnings. Um... The fourth and the fifth and all the other subsequent markets, there shouldn't be any more warning. So we have identified a pattern, a pattern emerges over here in terms of the warnings, and it breaks the markets down into triplets, into three triplets. The question is, what's the significance of this pattern? What's going on? So it says the Marat. If you look carefully at the Pesukim, you will find the following, another pattern, another underlying structure that comes out of here. The first maka. Let's take a closer look at the psukim. Says the says the Ma'aral. In the first maka, what do we see? God tells Moshe, "Go to Paro in the morning. He will be bathing in the river. You'll find him in the Nile. That's where you'll find him. Find him." The second maka. Again, Vol Paro Marta. Go to Paro. So the first Maka, Moshe is told, go find Paro. The second Maka, he's told, go find Paro. It says the Maral, the first two Makas, not only, he, he, he did go to Paro for the first two Makas, but, but he didn't go to Paro in the same fashion. The first Mako, where did he find Paro? He was told to find Paro where? In the Nile. In the second Mako, he went to the palace. It's also something interesting is going on over here, right? Because God could have said that the first Mako also, you know, wait till, wait till it's breakfast time, go find him in the palace. Wait till he's having his coffee, find him in the palace. Alternatively, the second Mako, God could have told Moshe, get up very early and go find him by the Nile. Every morning he used to go take his daily... Um, Bath and uh, restroom break. Exactly, his restroom break, right? And Paro was in, in the Nile. In, in exactly in in the Nile. So there's an inconsistency over here. There's an inconsistency. The first Maka, he's Moshe's told to get up very early in the morning, find him in the Nile. The second Maka, he's told to go have him when he's having his uh, coffee and donut, doing the crossword puzzle. He could have done either one, either day, right? Mm-hmm. Both days he could have found him in the palace. Both days he could have found him in the Nile. Something is. Peculiar, well, something is up over here also. You couldn't have found him in the Nile, because the Nile by that time was blood, right? No, a second Makkah. The second, there was a month later. Each Makkah was separated by a month. Not, not right. second day. No, second right, but, but, but how long did the Makkah last? One week. Right, so maybe he was intimidated by... The no, 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 we'll see. Later on, he's going to be by the Nile again. Oh, he is? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so the first Makkah, so there's a deeper pattern, a sub-pattern within the pattern. Twice he's warned, but the first time... He finds him outside. The second time he goes to his house. Third Makkah, he's not told anything because it happens without any warning. Because that's the first three. Let's look at the second triplet. The second three is Arav, Dever, and Shechin. Adash. Seder Arav, Dever, Shechin. Ba'arav, Nemar. By Arav, it says, Vayim Hashem HaMoshe. Hashem told Moshe, Hashkeim. Go find Paro early in the morning. By number four. Number four, commotion over them, just exactly as we found by Dan. Get him before he heads into the palace for breakfast. Badever, number boy el paroi. Badever, the fifth market says, go 
go find Pyro. Meaning, wait till he's already, you know, landing in the palace. Go find him at home. Commission number of Vitzvardim. Very interesting. Again, by Shrin, the Maka comes without any warning. Number six, there's no warning. So we find a sub pattern within the pattern. So, yes, there's warning, warning, no warning, but warning early in the morning when he's outside his palace, a warning in his palace, and then no warning. Warning outside the palace, warning inside the palace, and no warning. Um, by Makas Bechiris, they uh, are summoned to Paro's palace. The warning by Makas Bechiris is not really coming at God's behest, more it's happening when they're in the palace already. Anyway, Paro summons them for the final warning. Paro actually summons them back to um, to uh, to his palace after Makas Chayshech. Um, Hine. It's clear that there's something going on over here. It's not just about, I warned you enough, now no more warning. Because there's sub-patterns within this pattern. The Torah is definitely coming to to distinguish between the different Makkas and, and, and the build-up over here. The first three Makkas all have a similar theme, the second have a similar theme, and the third have a similar theme, he's talking about something that he's going to get to. We do have to find a good underlying reason for for this, this, this these these patterns that we see emerging. When the Rebbeim decided it was appropriate to start punishing the Egyptians, the Egyptian populace for having subjugated and afflicted Klai Yisrael from the the most menial citizen to the, the most dignified, that's Paro himself. The Makas go from bottom up. We start with the lowest and we build up to the highest. If we would start with the highest, i.e. with Paro himself, and Paro would not have been able to resist. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have been able to make it to ten makas. This is the Ma'aral. There's a basic idea in the makas that we start with the minimum and we work our way up. We build up. So that's not just in terms of who it affected, but where it affected and what it affected. We start with small dosages and we build up in order to get the maximum makas effect. Nethermar is going to start making more categories and show us how the first set, the third, second set, and the third set all are uh, have 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 dimmel, different different themes one from the other, but but consistent within each set. So it says the Ma'aral, if you want to break down this world into categories, so categorically, the ground, the earth, water, and all of the lower regions. That's one category of existence. Which brings us to, let's say, airspace. Okay, We have ground space and airspace. And above airspace, we have sky space, heavenly space. Um, 
heavenly space, sky space is the third category. Maral is saying like this. We have three regions, basically, of existence. We have the ground and, 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 and everything below. That includes water, ground, rivers, lakes, streams, ponds. Everything that's from our feet below. Everything that's from our feet above to the sky is the middle ground, so to speak. And the sky and above is the high ground, the highest existence. Three different categories, ground and below, sky and above, and airspace, which connects the ground and the sky. And he does throw that in. It's going to be significant. He's saying the middle ground, the middle existence, connects the, 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 the heavens and the earth. There's a heavenly space, sky space, from the sky and above, ground space, the ground and below. That's the heavens and the earth. And then the middle region, you know, everything in between, airspace. So, three different categories of existence, and he's going to connect this to the three sets of makas. He's going to give us a fascinating idea. Let's see. Man is in the middle space. We don't live from the grand below. We don't live from the sky above. We live, we occupy airspace, the middle grand, the area that connects the heavens and the earth. That's where we are. Our habitat is in this middle space, this middle category. So we're in, in that, air, that, 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 air, that zone that bridges the, the two, that bridges the heavens and the earth. Um... The first three makas, the first set, the first triplet, blood, frogs, and lice. Think about it. They're all in the region of ground space, ground and below, the earth. From the ground and below, that's where the blood is in, in, the, in, the, in the waters, the rivers, and the pools, that's ground and below. Tzvardei is swarming on the ground, on the ground itself. It says, the Pasuk even says, that the earth, the land, will swarm with frogs. And the kingdom was the dust, the very dust under their feet turned into lice. So the first three makas are about region number one. Interesting. The Nile became blood. The Nile swarmed with frogs, the Pesach says. And the earth, the earth, the dirt itself, the ground, was transformed into lice. What about the middle triplet? Middle set of three. Umakas are of Devershkin, are which is the wild beasts. Um, plagues that, that killed the livestock and shechen boils that wasn't grand and below that's an airspace the, the residents, the denizens, people who live in between the heavens and the earth that's where the middle set of makifs uh, is, 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 is found the arv is wild beasts wild animals, they're not the grand below they're above the ground, like people, right? they're in the airspace they're in, again, they occupy the same zone that we occupy. Not like frogs and lice, they're underfoot. They're in the water. Frogs are amphibious, they live in the water. Beneath our feet, beneath ground level, in the dirt, in the mud. They're above ground. The dever and the plague that affected the animals, that affects animals, that again, that's in the middle space, middle ground. And the boils affect the people, right? They were covered with boils. Um, so the middle three is in the middle region, the middle ground, because that's affecting live animals and human beings. Which is in the airspace of the world, the middle ground. Fascinating. Look, look at these patterns. The first set of Makis has nothing to do with the middle ground, with airspace. It has to do with subterranean, the ground and below. Andy Rosen Bechalal. The frogs and the lice, they're not 
living in the same zone as people and animals. Shein at Sfarim di Rosam Rakbamayim, Ramchal, Amaral rather, is reminding us again that frogs are amphibious, they hang out in water, Vaidi Ras Hakinim Rakbafer, lice, in their natural habitat, they jump onto live animals, in their natural habitat, they live in, in the dirt. And everyone knows, don't let your kids play in the sandboxes, yeah? The, the nurses will tell you this. You get lice from sandboxes. Lice like to hang out in the sandboxes. And that's where they uh, they can uh, hop from from um, carrier to carrier. And it was the very dirt and dust that it was transformed into lice. Something that's considered that is referred to in the Torah as a creepy crawly doesn't live in the middle middle ground, lives below the ground, below ground level. Man and animals are not called creepy crawlies, they're called animals, they're called beasts, they're called people, that they live in middle, the middle ground in the airspace. Um, Even if you'll argue, you'll actually be stubborn and say, that no, what do you mean lice don't live, they're not subterranean like frogs, they're not in the water. They they may be immersed in the dirt, but they hop around, they jump around, they can fly around, they can jump from person to person. Says Amaral, first of all, that's not really true, because then their natural habitat is underground, is in the dirt and the dust. Even if you'll say, but they can hop from person to person, they infest and invade people and animals, that's where they like to hang out. It's still not called, the mak itself is not a mak that's occurring, it's not occurring in middle ground. The primary place where the maca was was manifested, was visited, was the dirt itself, the dust, as the Pasuk testifies. Smite the dirt of the land, and that was transformed into kingdom. Okay, so the Maral rests his case. We see the first three makas are below, beneath, from from grand level and below, below, under underfoot. The second set of three makas, the second triplet, is above ground. It affects animals, it affects people. It's in the middle ground, airspace, the residence of planet Earth. Now we see where this is going. The third set is in sky space, in the Shamayim, from the skies and above. The third zone, said the Ramchal. It said the, says the Maral. That's, that's. The Barad is this ice and water, this hail. Ice and fire, rather, hail that has fire at the core, fiery ice that comes down from the skies, from the heavens. As the Torah says explicitly, locusts, a swarm of locusts flying through the sky, this cloud of locusts comes in, that's, that's above, middle. that's not in our, no, the middle ground, above the earth, that's above the above the earth, that's in the sky. Clearly was what? Blotting out. The sky, the sun, the moon, taking all the light away from the celestial bodies. The last three is occurring in sky space. So, wow, something very big is going on over here. There's three different zones. There's below the ground, above the ground, and in the skies. And each set of three makas, which Rebbe is arranging, we see another pattern that comes out from this grouping, is that they're arranged in terms of where the maka occurred. Um, now, what about Makas Bukharis, the 10th? How does that fit into this pattern? Is that below the ground, above the ground, or uh, in the sky? Makas Bukharis, he al hakol. Makas Bukharis is on all three together, everywhere. Shahari he, Lenishmas Adam el Yoyna, listen to this. This is, I will blow your sacks off over here. 
Makas Becharis is the all-encompassing maka that occurs below the ground, above the ground, and in sky space. It affects, first of all, a person's neshama. Uh, neshama comes from on high. So there's a sky space aspect in that the neshamas were taken away. Um, and it occurs to the body down here. And the, the Maral doesn't speak that out of here, but it also it has a below the ground effect and the, the bodies were dug up. It says that uh, that even if there was no firstborn in the house, the, 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 they would have um, uh, you know, their their uh, deer departed, buried in the backyard. They would be dug up. The graves were exhumed. That was part of the maca. The, the zombies. I mean, they, I mean, it doesn't say there were zombies. Don't get too excited. Wait, wait, so wait, dead wait. bodies were dug up from their graves. What do you? What do you? What, say that again. Yes, yes. The medrash says that uh, someone went over to Meish Rabbein and said, well, "Maca's bechar is not going to affect me. I'm not a firstborn, and I don't have any firstborn. I'm sorry, but I had a firstborn. They died already." They already died a long time ago. So much is okay. Wait and see what happens. And <laughs> the night of Magus the the firstborn was the, 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 the wild dogs came and dug up the corpses, and uh, they were had to see their their uh, dead bechiras were 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 exhumed. And, um, but, but wasn't it said that uh, there was no behor, behor in, in, a ha- in a house called the, the oldest? That's also said. Yeah, there's different Russians that say different things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The diff- different medrashim say, say different things, but uh, so the makkah makkah bechiris is like all encompassing. It happened on all three levels. Um, yeah, This is another reason why Rabbi Yehuda is identifying breaking them down to three groups. Why dance for the akinim goes together. Say miuchel lemakas arv devershkin. Adash goes together. The second set goes together. Say miuchel lemakas bar arv bechayshet bechayris. And another grouping for the final four. Again. So in summary, we find two par- paralleling patterns going on right now. We're going to have to try to synthesize the marrows. going to have to put everything together for us. We, we see, saw maybe like three, really three, two patterns and one that had a sub-pattern. The first one that he identified in the, the Tzach Adash Bachav, the groupings of the Makas, the three groupings was warning, warning, no warning, 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 no warning, 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 no warning. Within that, we saw the first warning always comes early in the morning when we catch power outside his palace. The second warning is inside his palace. That's consistent with all three groups. And then, in addition to that, another pattern that, that is, is, is wending its way through these three groups is the first set of makas is below ground, affects below ground, the second above ground, and the third affects the heavens. We will stop over here, we'll continue tomorrow, we'll see where the Maral is going to go and how he's going to string all this together and uh, what he's going to tell us about the significance of these patterns. Okay, thank you all for joining, we'll continue with Hashem tomorrow.